Hello everyone, Ankle Mulman here. Our website is uh, cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. You can go to our website, you will find a lot of articles in translated in different European languages. It will be a blessing to you. You can also go to our website, cwowi.org, when you want to know more about House Church and how, uh, how does it work, House Church, why House Church, and so on and so on. But today I want to talk to you, continue to talk to you about prayer, because prayer is one of the things that is so very important especially today uh, very important when you see what's going on in the world so much is going on wow uh, Ezekiel says the Lord says to Ezekiel in the 22nd uh, chapter that he sought for a man that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before the Lord so that he could uh, would not destroy it he said but I found none so the Lord is looking for people who will stand in the gap who will Pray for their nations, for the land, so that it will not be destroyed. So prayer is important. And we talked about prayer. And then the prayer that will be answered is the prayer that is according to God's will. And you know it's not God's will that people are perished, but that they will be saved. And then someone might ask, even Christians ask, well, if God does the, wants to spare the land, why doesn't he just go ahead and do it anyhow? Why doesn't he just make them all born again? Why doesn't he just... A clear out the devil and all those bad people and things that are going on. You know, why is he not doing that if he is God and if he is mighty and if he is powerful? Why is it seems like he is not doing that much? Although I know he is working a lot. So the question is, why do we need to pray? John Wesley once stated, it seems that God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. So I will tell it again, or oh, I have to sneeze. No, it's okay. He says, it seems that God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. And then you can wonder, why is it? Why does God need people to ask him? It seems that he, if he, that he, well, people think, people think that God can do anything he wants, that he is running everything. But then they say, well, sure, he made things, he made a mess out of things. People are killing one another. So if there is a God, why is he not doing anything about it? To answer that question, we have to go back to the book of the beginnings. And that's the book of Genesis. You know, there it says that God made the world and he made Adam and put him in the garden. And he said to Adam, I give you dominion or authority over all the works of my hand, everything that I have created. And you have dominion over the fish, the birds, every living thing on the earth. So in a sense, he was the God of this world. In a sense, God created the world and he gave Adam the key and said, it's now yours. Uh, you can invite and, and close off anything you want. You can do what you want on the earth. Just uh, make sure that you do it well, right? Um, uh, fill the earth, subdue it, be fruitful, multiply. So in a sense, he was the God of this world. But you know, Satan came and he lied to Adam and Adam committed high treason and he sold out to Satan. And what he actually did, he gave the key that he had given, that he was given from God over to Satan and Satan became the God of the world, the leader. He has the authority now. Is that true? Well, when you go to Luke 4, when Satan tempts Jesus, verse 5 and 6, it says that the devil took Jesus up to a high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of this world and all their glory. And he said, all this authority, all this dominion, all this authority, I will give you for this has been delivered to me and I'll give it to whom I want. 
It has been delivered to me. Was he lying? No, he was not lying. It was delivered to him by, by Adam in the garden. And even in uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, and there he calls Satan, he is the God of this world. So as such, Satan has dominion. He's responsible for what's going on in the world. He's influencing people. And he wants his will, Satan's will, to be done on the earth. And he's doing a pretty good job, right? Because we open up ourselves to his lies and to his will. So God cannot legally just um, move in, take away that dominion from the devil. He cannot do anything unless someone uh, down here asks him. He needs an invitation. It's like renting a house. Uh, well, we have rented houses uh, forever. <laughs> We've always rented houses. We're still renting a house. This house was built by someone else and is owned by someone else. Uh, but we rent it, so they gave us the key. We can now do what we want to do within our home, what we like to do. We can paint the walls the color that we like to. But the owner, even if he don't doesn't like it, the way we, 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 we decorated our house, for instance, he cannot just come in and say, I don't want you to do this. I want it to be done another way. No, he cannot. What he can do, if he wants to talk to us, do something here, in in the house needs some repair work or whatever he calls us and he asks can we come in can we make it an appointment and then we say yes or no we invite him or not that's the way in a sense that it is with the world when it was given over to satan he became the god he has the key so god can only do something for the people here on the earth that live here because we live here when we ask him to do something and when we invite him uh, to, uh, to do his will, to have his will done on the earth. So it's important to pray his will. In First John 5, it says, this is the confidence or the boldness that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. What is his will? Peter says in Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And he's talking about his promise of coming back. But he's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but that all should come to repentance. Wow. Ezekiel thirty-three eleven. I have no pleasure, it's what the Lord says, in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. So God wants people to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus came to the world to set, to, um, to set the people free, not to condemn them, but that they might have life. Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. And Satan is the one who comes to steal, kill and destroy. So what to pray? If, if you want to pray God's will and, and we see it's not happening and he wants us to invite him, what do we pray? Well, of course, here in second, uh, of, when you go to First Timothy chapter two, verse four, it always it also says that God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But when you go back and when you read it here in context in verse one of First Timothy chapter two, he says, "I exhort first of all, first of all, before you do anything else, before you pray anything else." That supplications, prayer, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority. So first of all, before you pray for yourself, for your needs, for whatever, for a job, for a house, whatever. First of all, you pray for those who are in authority, for kings, for leaders. Why is it? 
He gives the reason in verse 2, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Says we, we, right? We as Christians. God wants us to lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence or holiness. He wants us to lead a, uh, he wants peace in the earth that we can live here in all godliness that we have uh, God's, God's rule and God's will to be done on the earth so that we can spread the gospel, that we can talk about the gospel. He says, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. And it's uh, when you think about it, Paul was li- uh, lived in a time where there was immoral government leadership, and he ultimately actually was murdered um, by Nero, and that's the very king that he asked people to pray for. So people in authority, uh, even if they are not born again, you need to pray for them, and they need supernatural wisdom. And they, I can imagine that when you are in a leadership position right now, it is so hard to lead and to have the wisdom to know what to do because we do not know anything, right? We do not know what's going on behind the scenes. So pray for them. Pray for the leaders of your nation. Pray for the leaders of other nations because that is what God wants them, that they have a supernatural insight, although they might not know, although they might not know God right now. Do not look at the way they behave, but look at their intentions, at their hearts, what they want to do. Right, so we need to pray for uh, for the people. But what do we pray? Uh, uh, sometimes when you pray your natural uh, language, you know, after a couple of minutes, maybe you are done praying. And the, the Bible speaks about praying uh, uh, in the spirit. So what is it? Praying in the spirit. Romans eight twenty six. It says the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Right. Is that also the case with you, that you do not know what to pray because we do not know what's going on? We do not know what's going on in people's lives or what is going on in the world behind the scenes. Those things that are hidden, we don't know what's going on. It says we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, prayer that are too deep for words. And it says in verse 26 that the Spirit prays according to the will of God. He said, he who searches the hearts, he searches the hearts and he knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Why do we need someone to help us pray? Because we simply don't know how to pray and for what to pray. And it would be impossible to for a mental praying only to get a job done. The word helps here, the spirit helps us and it's an important word. It paints the picture in Greek uh, of two individuals working together to get a job done. And it says the Holy Spirit helps us. He's not doing the job for us. When I ask someone to help me move the couch, for instance, um, uh, that person does not expect me, uh, does expect me to come and help him, that we do it together, that he, not a lot, that he is not doing the job by himself. So the Holy Spirit helps us. He comes to our aid. He gives us the strength because we don't know what to do. So your prayers, what you need to pray, you are not responsible for it alone. The Holy Spirit will help you. And it says, he, uh, we do not know, uh, he helps us in our weakness or in our infirmities. And in infirmities, in, indeed, it means that we do not know uh, what to pray to get a job done. We do not pray what we should uh, pray for when it comes to prayer. So the Holy Spirit makes intercessions for us according to the will of God. 
That is amazing. So are you the one who wants to stand in the gap? Are you the one who wants to pray for your nation so that God's will will be done? And when you have that burden, you feel a burden to pray, for, you can pray in the spirit. You can pray in your own words first. And sometimes when you are so in tune with what the Lord wants to do, you can pray those things out in your own language. That's perfect. That's fine. Paul says, sometimes I pray in the spirit and then I pray in my natural language. And he goes back and forth. And, and But the best thing is to pray in the spirit and stand in the gap. I ask you and I, I, I want us all to stand in the gap for the nation and for people, that they may come to the knowledge of the truth, that God will open their spiritual hearts, their eyes and their ears, that they open their hearts, even if they are, if it's the last minute of their life, that they will be saved because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but that all will be saved. So are you the one who wants to stand in the gap? See you next time. Bye-bye.